Awesome. So if you, as you open up your Bible to the book of Numbers chapter 9, we get to the portion of the book of Numbers now where, man, they've been receiving all this instruction, right? I mean, the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Remember that Numbers takes place over a period of about 39 years. We mentioned last week how uh, they celebrated their second Passover, right? The first one was celebrated in, in, while they were still in Egypt. And now last, last week we, we read how they celebrate their second Passover now as, as, as free people, right? No longer they're, they're uh, slaves in, e- in Egypt, but now they're on the way to God's promised land for them. And, and we see that, that, that now they're seeing God's promises fulfilled right before their eyes. And so as we go, uh, as we journey on again with them uh, here in the book of Numbers, we see now that, that they're getting ready to start uh, heading out for the first time now. They've celebrated their Passover. They've received instruction from the Lord. Uh, they've been numbered by Moses and by the Lord. And now we see that they're going to begin to journey out. And this journey, which is supposed to take about a week and a half, we're going to see is going to end up lasting 39 years. And we're going to go along with them in this journey. And so chapter 9, picking it up there in verse 15, says, Now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, from evening until morning, it was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire. And so it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Then verse 17 says, Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Even when... The cloud continued long, many days after the tabernacle. The children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. And so it was, when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, that they would remain encamped. And according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. And so it was, when the cloud remained, only from evening until morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey. Whether by day or by night, whether, uh, the, when the cloud was taken up, they would journey. And so... We'll stop right there. And so it, we see that, that, that uh, Moses is describing for us um, the way that the children of Israel would, would travel. Right? And so during that period of 40 years that they were in the wilderness, they, they never stayed encamped in one single place. Right? But they would move through, throughout the wilderness of, of Sinai. We're going to see later on that, that, that the Lord is going to take them into what's known as the wilderness of Paran. Which is really desert, really not. When we think about wilderness, we think about trees and rainforests and rain. But really, when, it, when the Bible talks about wilderness, it means desert. It means desert to mountains. And so we see that throughout their 40 year journey in the wilderness, and they were never in one spot uh, for a very long time, right? They would, they would move as the Lord would move them, right? And this is awesome because, again, they, it says that, that, that they would move as the Lord moved them. And the Lord moved them by setting a cloud. Over the camp in the daytime. And at nighttime there was a pillar of fire. So it was a supernatural wow. uh, appearance of the Lord. While they were there in the wilderness. Right? So imagine this. You having God's presence with you at all times. Wow. In the daytime he was, their presence was in the form of a cloud. Wow. And the nighttime it was in the form of a pillar of fire. Imagine man waking up in the wow. middle of the night. I can't sleep. You're in your wow. tent. I can't sleep. Let me go spend time with God. You go outside your camp. Outside your tent. And you're just man, you're, you're staring at this fire. Which represents the, the presence of God. There in your camp. That's amazing. Yeah. Right? And so they always had a visible, tangible presence of God with them. And, then, and we're told that, that they knew where to camp out based on wherever the pillar of fire was at night and where the pillar of cloud was by the daytime. Because that represented the, the presence of God. And so whenever this pillar of cloud moved, they knew, all right, guys, they start camping up. They start packing up. They start uh, tearing down our tents because it's time to move. 
Now notice what it says again. And then verse 17 it says, Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that, the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. So they wouldn't move. They wouldn't take a step. They wouldn't uh, move an inch unless the presence of God moved first. Right? And so they were following the presence of the Lord wherever it was in the wilderness. Right? They wouldn't move before. They wouldn't move afterwards. They were just dependent on the presence of God to move in order for them to, to be moved also. Right? And, and notice what it says again. It says that whenever it was that it was taken up from the tabernacle, that they moved. Man, I love this because as we see kind of the, the, the geographic area where they were, again, it was desert. It was rocks. It was mountains. It wasn't really even uh, something beautiful to, to look at. Right? And, and, and me, you know, imagine myself in, in their position or even just right now. You think, man, uh, uh, I don't like where I'm at. God, uh, why can't we camp out over there? Why can't we keep moving? God says, no, stay here in this place. Even if it meant that there was a rocky place where they're going to pitch their tents. They didn't have sleeping bags. They didn't have uh, mattresses, blow mattresses. So they were laying on rocks. They were laying, they were laying in a, an uncomfortable place. And they stayed there, whether it was years, whether it was days, whether it was hours, whether it was months. No matter where the Holy Spirit moved them, right? They stayed there, even if it was an uncomfortable place. But they knew, all right, we're not moving unless God moves first. Right? And so it says again that the children of Israel would journey and in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. And at the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Right? So it was at the command of the Lord that they moved and it was at the command of the Lord that they stayed. Notice that, that, that their movement, their direction was based on God. Right? They didn't move unless God moved. And they stayed if God told them to stay. I like, I like that because, man, I mean, us as, as believers, right? We have the Holy Spirit. Now the Bible tells us that we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. We have the Holy Spirit directing us. We have the Holy Spirit guiding us. All right? I don't have to wander like in this, uh, in this man, or what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Right? Because if you're, if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and if you're abiding in Christ, then we have this Holy Spirit uh, leading us, directing us, guiding us. Right? He's going to speak to us. And so again, it says that whenever, it says that it was at the command of the Lord that they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained in camp. And you can imagine them being told for centuries, their, 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 their nation, their, their, their people being told for centuries, hey, God has given you a promised land. It's this area, the land of Canaan. Because God spoke to their forefather Abraham years back, more than 400 years ago. When it took place. And, and he told them, right, this is a place where you're going to camp out. This is the land that I promised you. And then being at the very border of it, you could imagine the temptation would be like, man, it's just right there. Why don't we keep moving? It's only a few more miles. But God says, no, stay camped out. But God, it's right there. I can see it. I can almost taste it. No, stay camped out. Right? And we see the, the, the importance, really. I mean, it teaches us kind of a, a good practical lesson on the importance of, of being led by the Holy Spirit. The importance of really being led by God. Right? And not on our own uh, emotions or what we see. Right? The Bible tells us that, that, that we walk by faith. And it's not by sight. Right? There's been multiple times where I've been like at jobs or uh, just different situations where I'm like, man, Lord, I want to leave. That's it. I'm, I'm tired of being here. I want to tap out. Right? And I see all these open opportunities, all these open doors. People are hitting me up. Right? Buddies are hitting me up. Hey, man, they're hiring here. They're hiring there. Hey, man, uh, they, they, they could use someone like you here. I'm like, all right, Lord, where, you want me to go or not? Right? And it's like everything seems wide open, right? My owner is standing right. The, the, the doors are open. You know, I have the green light. But I consult the Lord and God to say, not yet. Right? All right, Lord. Even though 
I'm not loving it right now, even though even though I'm not having the best time right now at this job. Right. Lord, you haven't told me to move, so I'm not going to move. And so I don't. Right? And I've seen the blessing of just waiting on God's perfect timing. Waiting on God's perfect timing. Right? It's like, man, when you know it's God, man, you look back and you're like, oh, God, that was you all along. All right? I'm glad I was obedient. And so again, it says that at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained in camp. Because even when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. I like that. It's like, it's like a, a Moses is putting an emphasis there in verse 18. He says, even when the cloud continued long, meaning, oh, man, they probably, they're, they're, they're camping out there for a long time. They're like, oh, Lord, you've kept us here for a long time. I think it's time to move. Lord, everything's already said. We know the land. Everything's in place. Uh, I, I think it's time to move, Lord. Right? I, I love how, how, how there's an emphasis there in, in, verse, in verse 10. Sorry. Is it 18? Sorry, it's all written up. 19. 19. It says, even when the cloud continued long. And I like that it says that because us as humans, man, we're inclined to be like, Lord, I mean, we're, we're, man, we're a fast-paced like, humans. Right? We're fast-paced beings, man. We want everything fast. We're not accustomed to waiting. Right? We're not accustomed to, to this word patience. Right? We live in a microwave society that wants everything quick. Lord, I see it. I, I, you're giving me this vision. I see what you can do. I see what you want me to do. Let's go. Let's go for it. Right? And when we see the process in between, we're like, man, Lord, I want it, I want it now. Right? I mean, man, I didn't have time to cook. So what I do, go to Costco, buy something, put it in the oven for 20 minutes. Hey, that's us. Yeah. Right? We're a fast-paced society. We're not accustomed to waiting. Man. We're not accustomed to, to again, to, to sitting still. To sitting still. But notice it says, again, even when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. And so it was, verse 20, when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain in camp. And according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. Whatever God said, hey, God says stay, they stay. God says go, they say go. So it was when the cloud remained only from evening until morning. When the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey, whether by day or by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. So Moses makes his emphasis. Look, he says, we would stay camped out even if it was one day. Even if it was just an evening. It was from morning to evening. He says, we would move. If God didn't move us in, in, a, in a year or in a month or whatever, he says, but it, we moved even if it was in a day. Or again, just being sensitive to the leading and to the moving of God, right? Of God's presence. And so it goes on to say, Again, so it was when the cloud remained only from evening until morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey, whether by day or by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. I like how it says whether by day or by night. Because, man, if you're in the wilderness of Israel, I mean, man, I was lost in Israel in 2017 when I went on my trip. It's scary. I can imagine, man, being there at night. It's scary. It's scary. Now, you can imagine them back here, you know, as the nation of Israel is traveling by night. All of a sudden, they're asleep. And, and like, hey, wake up. Uh, the pillar of fire is moving. We got to go. Man, it's like three in the morning. It's pitch black, right? There's no street lights. There's nothing there. There's danger out there. There's uh, uncertainty, right? There's, there's, a, there's a fear of the unknown. But hey, man, God is moving us. All right, let's go, man. Let's pick it up, right? Even if it's in a dark place. Even if it's in a dark place. Even if there's that danger involved. Even if there's that element of, 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 of fear. They're like, all right, man, let's go. In the nighttime. So it was in the daytime where everything was clear. But it was also in the nighttime when there was dangers present, when there was the unknown present, when there was fear present. They moved, whether it was day or night, whether it was from morning to evening or from this month to this, that month or from this year to that year. And so it goes on to say, 
whether it was two days, a month, or a year that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain encamped and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. And verse 23 says, At the command of the Lord, they remained. They remained encamped. And at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord as the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. And one thing I've learned as I've been walking with the Lord is that God's yeses are just as important as God's knows. Mm-hmm. And that God's open doors are just as important as God's closed doors. Notice that, that it was at the command of the Lord that they remained, and it was at the command of the Lord that they journeyed. Both were from God. Yeah. Right? And, and I like that emphasis because us as humans, I mean, we, t- we tend to look at ministry, we tend to look at you know, our walks with the Lord in the terms of, uh, kind of, of how society describes success. Man, if you're not moving, if you're not doing nothing, and if you're not, if you haven't got this title by this by this amount of time, and if you're not somebody, if you're, and you're, while you're there a year, you know, then you're a failure. All right? If you're if you're sitting still for this long, then hey, man, you're not doing something right. But yet we see that man that for God is just as it was just as important for them to journey as it was for them to remain encamped. Why? Because God is working in both. There is a time, man, where the Lord would just say, hey, you know what, just camp out. Just camp out for a little bit. Just stay here for a little bit. Right? He'll minister to you. He'll build you up. He'll, 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 he'll address certain things in, in our lives. Right? Because He loves us. Right? So there's things that God can do in our lives that He can only do in our lives when He has us camped out. But then there's things that God can do in our lives that wants to do in our lives that He can only do in our lives when we're on the move. Right? Both are, are, are God's schools right? that He uses to, to minister to our lives. But both are as important. Right? And I fear lest, lest we as, as believers tend to look at ministry, tend to look at, at our walks with the Lord in terms of society, in terms of, uh, of like a corporation where it's a go, 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 move, 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 do, do, do. When God is saying, hey, man, just camp out. Just camp out, man. Let me love on you. Let me teach you. Let me minister to you. And so I love that. It says that it was at the command of the Lord that they encamped. And it was at the command of the Lord that they journeyed. And really what we have here in these verses is um, we have a beautiful picture of what it is to walk in God's perfect will. Right? And a lot of times that, that entails waiting. Man, we don't like that word. I don't like that word. Hold on. Wait. Nah, man, we, we want things and we want them now. Right? I don't like that. I don't like that idea. But it's in that waiting season, right, that the Lord is desiring to do a work in our lives. I like what it says there in Lamentations. The Lamentations is a book by, by the prophet Jeremiah. And it says this in Lamentations chapter 3, starting there in verse 25. It says... The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. There's a, there's a, a translation called the New Living Translation. And, and, and I like how the New Living Translation puts this verse there in, in Lamentations chapter 3. It says this. I'm going to read it for you. It says, The Lord is good to those who depend on him. To those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. And it is good for the people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Man, how many of you guys know that? It's easier for the Lord to deal with us early on than it is later on. Right? Once you've been walking with the Lord for a long time and, and, and you think that, that you've learned obedience and you think that you've learned ministry and you think that you've learned what it is to walk with the Lord, you think that you've learned what it is to be a Christian, and all of a sudden, man, you make a mistake and God has to correct you. You're like, man, Lord. It's so much harder to be corrected by the Lord after walking with Him for a long period of time. 
than it is when you're like a baby Christian or, 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 or a, baby, you know, a baby believer. Right? You expect that from children. You expect that from people who are walking early on in their life and they're making mistakes. You're like, all right, Lord, well, you get it, right? You see a toddler walk, trying, learning to walk, and they're, they're falling. They're falling on their butt. They're getting up. They're crying. And it's normal, right? You don't get, a, you don't get mad at a toddler for falling while he's learning to walk, right? Because it's natural. It's natural for a baby who's learning how to walk, how to mature, right, to stumble and to fall and to be disciplined. But for a mature person, imagine me walk, walking down the street, and I'm, like, tripping over my feet, and I'm falling on my butt, and, and I'm thinking, oh, man. You, you'd say, man, something's wrong with this guy, right? He's, he, he didn't mature right. So I like what, what uh, Jeremiah says. Hey, it's good for, says it's good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of a discipline. I mean, learning to hear from God early on. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes because we're flawed individuals, man. We're humans. No matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. Right? There's people here who have been walking with the Lord longer than I've been alive. And I'm sure they could attest to the fact that, hey, you're going to continue to make mistakes no matter what. Why? Because it's just a character flaw in us, man. We're flawed humans. We're flawed individuals. Right, but we can learn early on, man, this obedience to the Lord and what it is to walk in God's perfect will and what it is to, to wait on the Lord and what it is to, 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 to go when, when God says go and what it, what it is to say wait when God says wait. Man, it would just save us so much hardship early on. Right? And so we see now in chapter 10, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two silver trumpets for yourself. It says, And you shall make them of hammered work, you shall use them for calling the congregation and for directing the movement of the camps. It says, when they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle meeting. But if they only blow one, then the leaders, it says, only the leaders, the heads of the divisions of Israel, shall gather to you. And when you sound the advance, the camps that lie on the east side shall then begin their journey. And when you sound the advance the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall begin their journey. Then they shall, hear, they shall hear the call for them to begin their journeys. And when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but not, but not sound the advance. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets, and these shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And so God now is instructing Moses to make two silver trumpets. Right? You think, man, in a, in a camp of like a few million people, and uh, uh, if you want to... You know, gather the people or, or if you want to direct them to move, man, how do you do it? Right? You can't go around and, all right, I got to go tell every single person, man, it would be a couple of weeks before you, you reach everybody. And so God instructs Moses to, to construct two silver trumpets. He says one of them is for gathering the people. Right? All right, guys, there's news. And then the second one is for arming them for battle. So, all right, when you guys hear one trumpet blast, that means, all right, we're going to gather together, right? Just the leaders, we got to go over some things. There's going to be some changes in the camp, whatever it may be. But when you hear two of them, everybody knows, all right, that's the second trumpet. That means it's time for battle, right? And so God is instructing Moses to construct these two temples. And it says this in verse 9. It says, when you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. I love that because keep in mind, again, there's a, some, somewhere around three or four million people in the camp. And I will say, I mean, man, not everyone's going to see the enemy, right? Now, not everyone's going to see the danger. But it says, when you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, you shall sound the alarm with the trumpets and you will be remembered before the Lord your God. And if the enemy's coming in from one side, only a certain amount of people were going to be able to see it. So what do they do, man? You sound the alarm and that's going to tell all the able men who are able to fight, hey, there's danger, right? Oh, we, well, we got to gather beside our brothers because there's a present danger. We got to do battle. We got to fight. And notice how, how the Lord tells me this. When you go to war in your land. 
Man, no one ever said that being a Christian is going to be easy. There's going to be battles. No one ever said ministry is going to be easy, right? There's going to be battles. Ministry is not a playground. It's a battlefield. But I'm so thankful for brothers and sisters in the Lord that, man, when the enemy is coming on my land, hey, I, I sound the trumpet, you know, in the form of a text message or a phone call. Hey, brother, pray for me, man, because this is that and the other. Hey, do you know what there's... I'm having some, some battles right now. I'm having some temptations. I'm going through it right now. Hey, bro, pray for me. It's like in that sense, you're sounding the alarm, right? You're gathering the rest of the people for battle. Hey, man, come on, let's do battle. Let's do battle because the enemy's on my land right now. I love that picture. And verse 10 says, Also in the day of your gladness and your appointed feast, and at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, and they shall be a memorial for you before your God. He says, I am the Lord. Your God. So not just in time of war, but also in time of rejoicing. Hey, man, when you got, hey, God's been good to me. Man, uh, uh, I got a lot of uh, reasons for rejoicing. Man, you sound the alarm also. Hey, guys, I got a praise report, man. God's been so good that, that he did this. And, and, uh, and, and I want to encourage you because he could do that for you too. I love that, right? In times of battle, but also in times of rejoicing. Number 11 says, Now it came to pass on the 20th day of the second month in the second year that the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle of the testimony. So here we have now the first instance of them actually moving. All this time they've been receiving instructions, right? Uh, the tabernacle, you build it up. You set up your camp this way. You camp out by tribe in this specific location. When you move out, you move in this direction. And so they've been receiving instructions. But now here's the time, the first time they're actually going to get up and move. So everything that, that they've been hearing up until now, now they're going to put it into practice. And so it says, again, now it came to pass on the 20th day of the second month in the second year that the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle of testimony. Meaning they would have seen the cloud moving. They're like, all right, guys, it's time to move. And so it says, and the children of Israel set out from the wilderness of Sinai on their journeys. Then the cloud settled down in the wilderness of Paran. Now you would think, all right, if God's going to move us, he's going to, we've been in the wilderness of Sinai, which is really just desert. Look it up on Google Images. And it's, it's just plain desert. I mean, you get thirsty just looking at the picture. So you would think, oh, man, we've been here camped out for this long, right? God took us out of Egypt, and he's going to take us to this. Man, we're waiting for him to take us to this flush, flowing land, right, with milk and honey and rivers and streams and all these things. And so what does the Lord do? He, he, he moves them from wilderness, from desert, and he takes them to another desert, <laughs> from desert to desert. Hey, man, that's how it is sometimes with the Lord. You feel like, man, Lord, I feel like I just came out of this desert and you're moving to, to me and you're moving me into another desert. Hey, well, it's right there in the desert that the Lord desires to meet us, man. Right? And it's always going to be, you know, beautifully painted for us. Sometimes, again, as we're walking with the Lord, it can seem like that, like, man, Lord, I'm dry. Right? I feel like I'm just in the wilderness right now. But know that, that it's the same God who took him to the wilderness, right? Who took him to the wilderness, who's going to bring him into the promised land. And so it goes on to say in verse 13, so they started out from the, for the first time according to the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. And then from verses 14 to verses uh, 28, we're just gonna, it's going to give us a description of each tribe right, and the leader who, who pretty much led the charge as they were moving. So I'm going to go and, and, uh, and skip those verses. You can read them on your own. But verse 28 says, Thus was the order of march of the children of Israel according to their armies when they began their journey. And verse 29 says, Now Moses said to Hobab, the son of Reuel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, he says, we're setting out for the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. He says, come with us and we will treat you well for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And so we're introduced now to this guy named Hobab. And we're told that uh, he's actually Moses' close relative. 
It says right there by it says that he was the son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. Now, if you know your Old Testament, right away you're thinking, hey, wait a minute. Right? Isn't Moses' father-in-law his name Jethro? Yeah. <laughs> right? His name is Jethro. Right? So, but in this case, they call him Ruel. So it was common you know, back then to, to use different very names. It could be a, a middle name, a third name. And, right, man, sometimes you guys have kids and you don't call them by your first names. Right? You call them by your, their, their middle name or even their nickname. Right, that, that nobody knows about. It's like, yeah, just a personal name that you have. And so don't, don't, don't be taken by surprise by that. It's, it's still Moses' father-in-law, right? Jethro, the Midianite. And so we see that Moses talks to Hobab, the son of, uh, of his father-in-law. So it would be either Moses' brother-in-law or a close relative by marriage. And he tells him, he says, look, man, he says, we're going. I says, it's time to move. He says, we're moving now. We've been camped out this whole time, but now we're going to that place where God told us, right, that he had promised us. And he says, come with us. And we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And Hobab said to him, I will not go. He says, but I will depart to my own land and to my relatives. Man, have you, have you ever had to beg a family member? Hey, man, just, just come to church, man. Just, just, just come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. I'm good, man. I've got my own thing going on. And so he's pleading with him. He says, come on. He says, come with us. And he said to him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my relatives. And so Moses says, please do not leave. He says, inasmuch as you know how we are to camp in the wilderness, and you, and you can be our eyes. This guy, Hobab, and really all the Midianites, were told there in the book of Exodus that, that when Moses, uh, he ran away from Egypt because he killed the Egyptian, we're told that he, he ran into the, into the desert of Midian. And he ended up meeting a Midianite woman there at the well. He, he marries her, and so he becomes a, 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 a Midianite by association. Right? And so we're told that the many, that, man, they were desert people. They knew the desert, right? They weren't scared of anything, right? They, they knew the land, they knew the territory, they knew the terrain, they knew the weather, they knew uh, there was cactuses, they knew how to get the water from the cactus. Man, they were just skilled in that specific terrain. And so Moses says, hey, man, stay with us. He says, you know the land, you could help us out. You have a lot to offer us, he says, right? He says, you, you just stay with us. And notice it says, verse 32, it says, And it shall be, if you go with us, indeed it shall be, that whatever good the Lord will do to us, he says, the same we will do to you. I mean, look, man, come with us, help us out. You know the land, right? You could, you could help us uh, set up, you could help us tear down, you could help us navigate the land. It was God who was leading them, but yet they still had to figure out all the little things on their own. God didn't, God didn't, uh, uh, God wasn't there with them as they were putting up their, their tents and all the other stuff. They had to figure that out on their own. Right? And we see that the Lord will lead us so far. But then, all right, it's our turn to figure it out. All right, Lord. Okay, he'll lead you there. But now it's our responsibility. And verse 33 says, So they departed from the mountain of the Lord on a journey of three days. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them for a three days journey to search out the resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was above them by day when they went out from the camp. And so it was whenever the ark set out that Moses says, Rise up, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered, and let those who hate you flee before you. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, to the many thousands of Israel. Again, just this emphasis on going when God goes and staying when God stays. And notice that, that it says that, that it was Moses who was behind you know, the tabernacle. As the cloud was moving, the children of Israel, the Levites, would pick up the tabernacle, they would go and just follow this cloud. Right? And it was Moses that was following the tabernacle, meaning the presence of God. Man, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I find myself where I'm like, God showed me something, 
I'm like, all right, Lord, let's go. And I'm running. I'm like, hey, Lord, come on, catch up. When really it should be the other way around. Right? That we should be following God. Hey, man, we're flawed individuals. Yeah. Right? But again, this, this emphasis, again, on, on Moses, you know, again, following the presence of God. Later on, he would tell God, he says, Lord, he says, I'm not going to go anywhere that your spirit has not gone before me. Right? He was convinced. He was determined to not go anywhere else, anywhere that God had not sent him to. I love that about Moses, right? A man very sensitive to God. Later on, it would say there at the book, at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, I believe, says that there was no man like Moses in all the earth who was called a friend of God. Oh, man, that, that, uh, that relationship. And I love that. This is an Old Testament. Keep in mind that, man, us as believers, we have something more than Moses. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. Jesus would say there in Matthew 13, he says, hey man, John the Baptist is the greatest, is the greatest prophet who ever lived. Says, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. Why? Because man, we, they had to depend on the Holy Spirit to come upon them at times, and moments. They were led by momentary uh, uh, directions from the Lord. Us, we have the very Spirit of God dwelling inside of us 24-7. That's what the Bible says, that when you give your life to the Lord, man, you have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you. I have to speak to you. You don't have to wait till a cloud moves. You don't have to wait till a fire appears. Man, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. You have, you have the Spirit of the living God dwelling inside of you. Amen? That's beautiful news. Amen. Yeah. Go ahead right there. And Father God, I want to just thank you so much, Lord, for the study of your word.